who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys, it's episode 139 of Please Advise. I'm Malls. We've been gone for a very, very long time, so I appreciate you guys bearing with us. If you even noticed, I don't know. I think people noticed. Do you think so, Christina? They absolutely did notice. They were shook by it? Yeah. Oh, man. You guys, I'm trying to become a mug millionaire and upload an image to Society6, and it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and I think I'm very old. Um, Anyway... We have a fun guest today I've known for a while through the internet and then a little less time in real life, um, but we rarely see each other. We've seen each other in odd places, like a couple parties, and then at the Scream Queens premiere was, I think, the last time I saw him. Louis Peitzman, hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm glad you reminded me of the Scream Queens premiere, because that was a memorable night. How could you forget Abigail Breslin stole a pack of cigarettes from my purse? What? Yeah, it's like my favorite thing. That like Little Miss Sunshine, like because I kept catching her. Like I gave her like some cigarettes, right? right? wanted to bum cigs i i feel okay telling this story because it's not bad but like essentially over the course of the night she and her friend kept reaching back into my purse and taking cigarettes and like yes why did i have my purse on a table unattended sure i don't know right but like i also was like oh little miss sunshine's watching it it's fine and then like i would turn around and see like her little like raccoon sized hand going into my (laughs) purse and i just was like Oh my God. And then I was like, actually, this is the most metal thing that's ever happened to me that like Little Miss Sunshine is stealing cigarettes from me. Like, all I remember is that Gwyneth Paltrow looked so beautiful that night. And I was like, I could not stop watching her because she was just like so striking. We made eye contact. She's incredible. And I was like, how many like 
eggs does she have in her yoni? You know, oh, she's yeah. like always walking around with like <laughs> her yoni. Does she put eggs in her yoni? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that yeah. was like a big thing. Like, a goop sells them. like da- dairy eggs. No, no. they're oh. like they're like jade <laughs> eggs. And then like uh, a gynecologist oh. was like, by the way, you can you can get toxic shock from this. Like, you shouldn't be putting eggs in your vagina and your yoni. And <laughs> she was like, I think I know better than a gynecologist. It was like a whole thing. Yeah. Oh wow, I had no idea. Well, I do know the word yoni from my favorite show, Polyamory Mary. And dating. <laughs> um, have you seen that fine show? I have not. Oh my god, it's electric. If you have a moment tonight or whenever in your free time, I'm gonna go home immediately and get watch the that. Showtime extension if you don't have it. Oh, I have on it. Hulu. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You, I'm glad you treat yourself because yeah. a treat it really is. Now, it's a docuseries. My audience is like, Molly, we know. <laughs> um, it's a docuseries about two polyamorous couples each season yeah. and um, not couples, like pods, I guess right. you call them. And, um, the first season has like one really beautiful triad that's like wow. Triad's a great word, by the way. Oh like my God, that makes me want to like thruple is kind of boring. Like triad is like beautiful. Thruple's like just a little sex in the city for me. Like right. it's a little like I'm being bad. Like I used a bad <laughs> word like thruple. Like haha, I'm being disrespectful. Oh, Christina, I figured out how to become a mug millionaire. Huh. I just had to fix the scale. Okay. <laughs> I'm so rich. Sorry. I just made a new one for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I'll send you a free, if you don't love me at my Amanda Knox, you don't deserve me at my Jenny Jizz mug. Um, but, um, I, should I also make pillows? I'm going to make pillows and mugs. So it's a great show. It's really, really good. Um, and there's also a pod that's like, you know, kind of, I mean, they're gross. Like, and I, (laughs) I I just feel like I know, like. I, I know. I feel like you're pod shaming a little bit. I am. No, but it's no, like, you know when you're like am. on OkCupid and like you see a profile and you instantly know they're polyamorous? Like before yes. you read it, you just like see the picture and you're like, there's like a lot of like hair happening, like long beard, like long hair and you yes. know they're poly. It's always like a fusion name. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Like- I've seen stuff on like the lady Tinder um, where it's like a fusion <laughs> name. Okay. And it's like oh, so it's like it's like Benefer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It'll be like yeah. It'll be like Benefer, like a celebrity couple name. Yeah. yeah and then cute. and then it's like we're just here to have fun and like we're looking for our magical unicorn. Are. Someone asked oh. me to join a tryout on OK Cupid recently, and I was so flattered, even though I wasn't interested. I was just like really. I know. Moved. I was going to say, why aren't you in it? Well, it was like very confusing what they wanted because it was mm. like we want to both date you, but like then the profile was like we travel a lot, and I was like, is this like kind of like a paid th- not paid but like is this more like you're getting free vacation would that be good if if it was a paid thing absolutely i mean that's you like really incentive. W- you really would you take money i don't think i would because i'm too insecure to feel like i deserve that but right. i think but i'm not morally opposed to it at all if someone wants to like you know take me to their like cabin upstate right that would be nice yeah. i would like a perks relationship yeah. i'm very in but like also like that is my bare minimum for a relationship anyway. Right. Some, you know? some perks. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, I, if like if there's not perks, then why am I in this? You know? But I don't, um, if, I, if I was dating two people at once, I'd feel like I was on a reality show. Like, I'd want to pick one at the end. I wouldn't want to, like, you know, keep dating both of them forever. Yeah. That seems really exhausting. Well, I don't know, man. I mean... I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Like, I've always been freaked out by it. But then sometimes I'm like, maybe that would be nice. Like, if you get bored of one person, you can just go to the other. Yeah. I don't know. I've also, like, had... I've heard a lot of, like, triad horror stories of, like... I think it can totally work, but I know a lot of people who have, like, lost their significant other because they brought a third in. Like, that definitely happens. Oh, yeah. That happens in... not. I mean, spoiler alert, that happens in season two. Well... 
I'm going to watch it now because I'm excited to see how that plays out. My it, thing not, is like, great. it seems like so much emotional work because you have to do a lot of quote unquote processing. processing. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's, see, that's the thing is that also a lot of people in the triads like hate the processing part of it. And it's like, dude, that's the work. Like yeah. that's the rub. And like, I have a friend whose boyfriend now ex-boyfriend was like kind of being like demanding a poly relationship. And um, she was very much like, you just want to fuck other people. And like, it's kind of fucked up to like actual poly people that that's, you insist on calling it that. Right. Um, and that is P true. Why not just be open? Exactly. Um, well, I'm going to make a million dollars from a mug today. So that's why I'm qualified to give advice. But why are you qualified to give advice? Um, I mean, I give advice all the time on Twitter. For free. For free. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I started, um, I used to do Friday night Ambien chats, which morphed into me not taking Ambien, but still mm-hmm. doing it where people would like ask me questions and I would give them advice. So I've been doing that for years now. Um, so that's pretty much why. I mean, I'm non-judgmental. I'm super open-minded and I think I give really good advice. I just don't take any of my own advice, but that's like standard. That, like, no I mean, one takes their own advice. No, right? no one takes their own advice. And also that's the other thing too, is that people ask for it, but they don't really want advice. No, no one actually listens to advice. No, I, I, and I call them out a lot on that. Uh, them. I call the listeners out on that a lot because I know that they are not taking this advice to heart. Right. Like this is about, I'm sometimes I can just tell them like, this is, I'm the 15th person you've asked. Like, right. you don't really care. Like you just need, you know, that person that needs 500 opinions. Yeah. That drives me nuts. First of all, it's like, get your life together. Like just, <laughs> I mean, ever heard of a gut instinct, but secondly, like, um, you know, I mean, it's not a waste of my time. I do this podcast for a reason, but like, I don't know. No, I started journaling. Cause I was like, I need to stop asking all of my friends the same questions when I know that I don't actually care what they say. Yeah. Like I care, but I just want to be validated. And if they have an opinion that's contrary to mine, then I'm going to ignore it. Um, so did you bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice today? Did I bring those? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, did I not give them? I guess not three specific reasons. No, you have to do one, two, three. Okay. Well, what can one be that I just like have a long history of giving advice? Yes. Um, two, uh, I've worked for Buzzfeed for almost five years. Nice. Which I don't know how that qualifies me to give advice, but you know, it's a thing that I do. Um, and, uh, you have to come up with a lot of content. Totally. Um, And three, I've spent many years in therapy, so I'm, you know, centered or theoretically grounded somehow. Did you ever have a phase? Because I love therapy now, but like I started too young. Like I started when... Oh, I I definitely started too young. Well, not actually that young, I guess, because a lot of people go to therapy when they're like kids. Yes. That's when I had to go. I went when I was like seven and it like scarred me for life. And I was like... Oh, I like it was bad. So I mean, I went when I was 16 mm-hmm. and then like it didn't scar me, although some of the shit that my therapist said that was like totally boundary violating has stuck with me for, you know, 15 years. So clearly there were some issues there. Right. Um. Yeah. So who's your therapist now? You don't have to give a first name, last name. Or anything. I am between therapists. Oh, that sucks. I know. I'm really trying. I've been. Because I was also like back and forth between LA and New York a lot. And I was like, I don't want to commit to someone in one place or the other. Right. Because I had a guy that I loved in Santa Monica. 
But like I had to drive all the way to Santa Monica from Los Feliz and that was terrible. Well, also, is there anything worse than having to literally like start over again and like re-explain yourself? Yeah, to no, I'm like, I'm like, can I just like hand over my journal and you can just like read it and figure out how fucked up I am and like we can move forward from there. And also like you see as like events change over time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you kind of like every time I go into a therapist, I'm like, I have a new take on my shtick from last time. So <laughs> right. it's like... I'm still fucked up, but now I have an understanding that this was that. And I'm like, am I really making progress or am I just being like a spin doctor every time I go to a new therapist? Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I I, I also feel like, I don't know. I I never get exactly what I want. Like, I want them to tell me more than they do. Mm -hmm. And then when they do tell me stuff, I'm always annoyed because I feel like they're telling me too much. So really, I'm just perpetually dissatisfied. And that's also the truth, too, is that you want to hear what you want to hear. And I have a therapist that does this like real sick thing with me where she just she tells me all the time I am her favorite client. Like, oh, wow. all the time. But that, don't you, like, love that? I do love it. And it's sick. And I know my mom, my mom's therapist does that, too. But, like, I'm also, like, are, is she just feeding into my narcissism? Like, am I really her favorite client? But then sometimes she'll tell, like, anecdotes where she'll be, like, I was at my best friend's house in San Luis Obispo last weekend. <laughs> and she's, like, I totally, like, she's, like, I didn't break patient, like uh, client privilege or anything like that. But she's, like... I was telling her about like how you impressed me so much and like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Mary, you sit around and talk about me with your girlfriends. Like, I mean, that's real. That's very nice. Yeah, Do you know what no, I it's mean? Super nice. I mean, I just want to make my therapist think I'm like charming. So if you can make them laugh and like, I wanted my stories to be fun. You know, I, it's like, yeah, I'm there for therapy, but I'm also like here to entertain you. Right. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing too, is that I call it like winning therapy, which is that like people who are probably like I'll lump us together people who are probably like us really want to like leave a good impression yeah. and like have the therapist be like wow Lewis has come so far like he yeah. is really putting the work in that and like even if you're not like I always I always like to leave I, I find that I work harder at therapy because I want the positive feedback yeah which that is makes sick. sense yeah I know it, it is it's only sick because like I feel like I'm often putting on a performance and they're not really getting how damaged I feel that day. Right. I'm coming in and I want to say that I'm like, you know, I'm being very like introspective and I've like really worked through my issues and I'm like right. here to like keep talking at them out. But really I'm like a total mess and like I will leave therapy and feel as fucked up as I did when I got there. And you're not undoing your people pleasing factor, which right. is really what it is. It's like, I would like to pay $175 out of network, like to have, to like basically go to someone and like give them the shtick about my life that's like not necessarily yeah I mean I'm I just trying I'm like yeah. trying out new material pretty yeah much is what's happening essentially my my therapist does do that with me though where she's like that's funny you should write that down and I'm like thank <laughs> you like I because I she'll be like that's di- that's good dialogue she's like put that put that somewhere so she'll be like she literally makes me write things down I told you I go to a hypnotherapist yeah so I spend a lot of time I mean. We definitely do talk therapy, like, in order for her to figure out what I need to work on hypno-wise. Yeah. Like, she um, also wants to talk a lot. But the main thing we do is that she realized that, like, my biggest source of sadness is stress. And so what we do is we sit, we sit down and we go through my calendar and we write down every day what I have to do for each day. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think you probably feel this way, too. Like, I have a million things I have to turn in all the time, whether it be podcasts or draft or whatever, or like, oh, I said I'd write up a pitch for this or something. And then 
you just are like, fuck, I have like 500 things to do. But like, really, if you think like I put in three hours on Monday, I go over it again with fresh eyes on Thursday, turn it in on Friday morning, like that's an easy pill to swallow. Right. That's not that hard. That and, seems, yeah, that seems like a useful way to approach therapy though. That's a very like, you have like a concrete plan. Yeah. You know, you're doing something very specific that you, you know, probably could do alone, but like it's more helpful when someone's like guiding you through that. I do think it's because I'm a Capricorn and I need logic and like practicality. Like mm. that really gets my rocks off. Like I went to a therapist who I think made me a lot worse in fact because like I would just I just sat there for yeah. two years and bitched into space and yeah. like only it's only from having other therapists where they're like okay so this week when you do that again why don't you practice you know and you know saying it with a different spin or whatever like right. they'll give me like a useful technique to go into my week with whereas opposed to other therapists I've had I've just sat there for an hour like crying or like you know, being angry about my boyfriend or like whatever. And then then like 50 minutes later, they're like, okay, time to go. We have to wrap it up for today. Which is the other thing that I hate too, is that did you know that you're not paying for an hour, you're paying for 50 minutes? You're paying for a 50 minute hour. Yeah, it's Yeah. So like, and that really drives me nuts because especially if, I, I mean, in Glendale, it's a whole different animal. I book two hour therapy sessions. I don't go um, every week. I sometimes will go once a month for three hours. And like really fucking talk it yeah, out. Yeah. Because once if I'm gonna drive all the way to thank God I don't have a doctor in Beverly Hills right now, but in the past I have. Yeah. If I'm gonna drive all the way there, if my commute to you is longer than my time talking to you, that's not okay. It's not cool. Yeah. And like so my therapist now like totally gets that. She also does phone sessions with me, but Love like phone sessions. See, I don't really like that I feel like I'm faking it through. Interesting. Like, I'll not- be, like, making an egg and, like, you know, like, staring out. <laughs> not the just- one you're putting in, in your no, vagina. No, not my egg, but not my vagina eggs. But, like, um, I actually do have, like, a crystal that's shaped like a egg. This is real gross now. I got one for Jolie for her birthday. That's She probably thinks, like, I'm giving her a yoni egg. Don't, <laughs> do you Jolie, know jo- don't put it in your, in your, own, your yoni well, we'll see. We're going to Palm Springs this weekend, so we might get crazy. When in Palm Springs, you know? We are. We're going. Well, actually, we're going to Indian Wells, which God knows what that is. But I don't know. Really, oh, I know Indian Wells. Is it cute? Sure. I mean, I Palm mean, Desert's all kind all of the same. It's all just like, you know. Bogan. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. No, I mean, the <laughs> first time I went to Palm Springs, like Ed and I were addicted to the word Bogan because I was like, wow, like this is a real trash heap. Like. <laughs> This is, like, not what I expected. Like, everyone talks about this majestic Palm Springs, but, like, Palm Springs is the definition of high-low. Like, you have the Parker or you have, like, a trailer park. Like, right. it goes either, it's one or the other, you know? That's so the it's, charm of it. I mean, I guess it is. Yeah, but when we drove out to 29 Palms, like, dude, like, it was, like, two celebs came to town. Like I walked into the grocery store and jaws hit the floor and I'm pretty sure it was just because I took a shower. Like I have never seen so many people actively checking me out in my life. And I'm like, is it just because I'm not in a faded Tasmanian devil t-shirt? Like, is that, is this the only reason why? Like I was wearing a dress and they were like, ooh, someone's bougie in here. Like did, just, there, was a, there was a Taz on the back, but yeah. it was a dress. So it was different. <laughs> it was for a wedding. So I kept my Taz in the back. But Anyway, um, we have calls today. Do you want to take some? Let's do it. I'm ready. Hi, Malls, uh, Christina and guest. I actually left you guys a message. I want to say like two weeks ago or something, I was blind drunk. So 
I definitely went over the cutoff, and I'm pretty sure I just, like, passed out in my closet afterwards. But um, same dilemma as last time. Um, I have just sort of started dating this guy. Um, I'm 23 years old. We both live in a a big metropolitan city, um, and he is 20 years older than me, which isn't really that big of a deal. But, um, you know, I like the wisdom, blah, blah, blah. But um, the issue is when we first started dating, he would always, you know, bring up, like, well, like, I have to tell you, like, the super dark secret, like, not even a dark secret, but he would just be like, I have to, I have to get it all out on the table. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay, he has, like, HIV or something, like, what is the deal? So I was, like, feeling really shifty about it. So finally one day we're just at lunch, and I'm like, what's, what's going on? And he's like, well, um, you know, I have an ex-husband that I was with for 15 years, and basically, like, I'm not divorced with I'm not, like, completely divorced with him yet. It doesn't really make sense considering, I guess they're together with, like, they were together for 15 years. Um, I don't know if they were married for 15 years. Um, but anyways, you know, I really like this guy. He is so different from all the other people I've dated before. He's, like, really cultured. He has, like, three degrees from Yale. He's an art dealer. Um, I've sort of just, like, dated, like, losers before, and this guy really likes me. I mean, like, we went, we had just got back from vacation with him. We went to, like, the Hamptons for a little bit. And, I don't know, it's like, but then I, you know, I'm, he's an, so like I said, the guy's an art dealer, but the ex-husband is an artist that he represents, actually, and there's a lot of this guy's art around his houses, and I don't know, it's just, I feel like if I don't say something soon, I've been really chill about the ex-husband, and just the fact that it hasn't been, like, finalized, I don't know, when is the right time for me to basically be like, you cannot speak to your ex-husband anymore or you cannot go to lunch with him or maybe he needs to come out of your gallery. I don't know. It's sort of a, it's just weird. So I don't know. Please advise. I already know I'm going to hurt this guy's feelings. <laughs> Are you? I mean, he's a slam piece and he's acting like he's wifey number two. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, he said they just started dating. So I would say the time to ask your uh, sort of boyfriend to like stop talking to his ex of 15 years is like maybe Never? in several ye- in several oh. years when you're together like when you're if you guys want to get married or like have a life together or if their relationship proves to be toxic like I know um, one of my groups of, uh, one of my two friends they dated for you know they were together for eight years and then for the five years after they continued to share a dog they got a new dog when the other dog died like when one of them started dating again um the other one like who was sometimes staying at his place like crashing there like not sexually but just was literally sleeping on the couch like he would have to be like hey i have a new boyfriend so you can't come over right now and like it was just i was just watching them destroy themselves and that is is a thing that's like no, if it's that, then like I would, I would just run. Like that's a, a person who's emotionally unhealthy, right? But like if they're getting a casual lunch, if they have a good working professional working relationship, I actually think that that's a great sign when yeah, someone gets along with their ex. Yeah, but here's what concerns me: is that he framed it as a dark secret. Like, right. why did he make it into, like, a thing? And the fact that they're not divorced, like, who really cares? Like, that's, like, divorce takes a long time. And, right. like, if you're not together, you're not together. But, like, if it was, like, you know, this is a big deal and I need to, like, sit you down and tell you this, then, like, maybe it is 
an issue. Like maybe there is more going on there. And I don't know like how it would be any different except for the age difference because like, but when I've gone out with guys that are um, divorced, like I've either known in advance because it's been on their dating profile or whoever set us up or whatever. I was like, yeah, he was married, but didn't work out. Um, or like, I found out on the first date yeah. and it was like not a big deal. And it was like, yeah, I was married. She's still one of my best friends. It's just, we were best friends. We weren't right. lovers. But and it, is like, an, it is an age thing when you're in your early twenties. Like that's not very common. Like you no. don't meet a lot of divorces. And so, so like probably wanted to like drop the bomb on you differently because yeah. maybe, because also the way the 23 year olds think is that like, first of all, when I was 23, someone who was 43 years old was disgusting to me. <laughs> Like, I would be, I was disgusted by someone who was 29 when I was 23. Like, I was like, ew. Like, you're old as hell. Like, what do you want with me, you pedophile? Like, I was so, like, I was so, I couldn't handle age difference. Like, I remember when I was 23, I dated a 32-year-old. And I remember being so ashamed to call my mom. I, like, my mom didn't find out for, like, five or six years after. Yeah. I remember I called my aunt and, like, confessed it to her. And she's like, why is, like this that big of a deal like what's his is he a criminal and I was like no no he's like a really upstanding guy it's just he's 32 which is like super old and um it's like shocking to think of that as being old but there was a time no I mean totally well I mean I'm 33 now but at the same time for me to think of dating a 33 a 23 year old like I have friends that do it that like are women who date younger men and like they some of them love it like you're sexually compatible in like a way that you rarely find that it's a right. perfect like mrs robinson sort of situation but like it's also to think of dating a 23 year old to me like the intellectual component of a relationship is so important and to be quite honest i have yet to find a 23 year old that i feel or is a 25 year old or a 27 year old i mean yeah it depends but like yeah, I always wonder, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, dating older. I don't, like, feel any weirdness about that. But I do, like, when I see, like, a 43-year-old dating a 23-year-old, mm-hmm. like, kind of wonder what they're getting out of it. Yeah. Aside from a sex thing. Yeah. the sex thing makes total sense. Yeah. But I, like, you know, and I don't know. If there is baggage here and they are, like, newly together, like, I... As a 23-year-old, you definitely can find, like, another man of that age who's also established, who's also what you're looking for. Because it se- sounds like what's appealing to him about the situation is that this guy is more together. Yes, there's which perks Which you well. will find with 40-somethings versus 20-somethings. Like, that's just kind of the way it is. But at the same time, like, if you want to date a put-together, more mature person, that requires of you to be a more put-together, mature person. I mean, the only 25-year-old I know that I'm like, you need to be dating a 30-year-old is literally one of, like, the hardest-working people Frankie, um, who's been on this pod before, like with Frankie, I'm like, well, no wonder like you can't date a guy your age. Like you are a boss. Like, how would you how would you how could you even deal with a 25 year old guy? Yeah. And um, such a boss, you know, and with and with this kid, it's like I just am hearing a lot of like there needs to be some growth there is what I'm hearing is that you need to have some growth maybe before you're ready for like he's. Unless like. Until you grow up a little bit, there's no way you're going to be with an older man and it's not going to be like a daddy situation. Right. And there's not going to be like that inequity there. And um, you always – Hi. You Rex always has an opinion on that. What do you think, honey? Is there a daddy situation going on? Why well, just got so like uh, aroused by this. His tail is wiggling. Wags, are you trying to tell me something? Um, but yeah. Ooh. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Wags. 
Wags is in the microphone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. I I think that you should ride it out. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do think that this is going to end with like a World War Three style fight because that's how fights go. Like yesterday, someone posted this thing to the Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group, mollyandthepsychos.com, that made me so fucking happy. And it was this couple in South Philly. It was a guy and a girl. And she was filming it out of her window. And like, basically, she was throwing all of his stuff at him. But all of his stuff were cleaning supplies. (laughs) So, like, she, first of all, hits him in the face with like a cap of detergent. Like, and so he gets detergent to the eyes. So he's like pissed. And they're screaming like, my family was right about you. And then she's like, my family was right about you. And like, it was this whole like, which by the way is like, my nightmare sentence. Like, thank God no one has ever screamed that at me during a breakup. I couldn't that handle would, that. That would all. destroy yeah. me. Like, oh, great, your whole family's because well, all I really want in a relationship is for the person's family to be into me. Oh yeah, I care about that more than the way person. more than the person. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I've dated guys where the family was so into me that I swear to God that that's why I'm not over it. And I've dated guys that were so fucking lovely, but their family was like a little bit bobo. And I just was like, <laughs> I can't be a part. I can't sit across from this at Thanksgiving. Like that, this it's is, that country crock moment. It's that con- okay. So we refer to it. Christina and I are snobs, and we refer to it as like. You know when you're dating someone and you go to their parents' house for the first time and, like, it, they're eating dinner and they go to the fridge to get butter and, like, the rolls are pre, you know, whatever. You buy your rolls at the grocery store. That's fine. But then the tub of country crock comes out and maybe dad had a heart condition or something right. and that's why. But the, everyone else should have butter. Maybe dad has the country crock or maybe forgoes it all together. And um, Christina and I really feel like I really feel like I cannot marry a guy if he has country crock. And if he I thinks can't. that that's OK, that's not OK with me. That's not an issue for me. But I but I'm not judging you for that. I don't know. Do you have an equivalency to that? I don't know. I mean, like, if I made it far enough with people to, like, meet their families, <laughs> maybe I'd have a different opinion. But it's been quite a while since I met anyone's family. I've only you had know, one boyfriend whose family I, like, knew. Well, right. So, oh, like... Like, deal breaker for, like, someone you're dating, then. Oh, I mean, there are a million. But, like, something in, like, totally, like... Just, like, the way like, that you were raised where you know, like, I know this is a snobby thing. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know. It's usually, like, we'll be talking about, like, theater or movies or something, and they'll right. just have an opinion that I find to be, like, really upsetting. Oh, Like, right. if someone were, like, you know, because I, like, cover theater for work, and, like, I see a lot of theater, and if someone were, like... Um, my favorite show of all time is Mamma Mia. Like, I would probably be like, I can't do this. Right. Yeah. Same, and that's same. a little bit same. And that's same. a little bit snobby because it's like, you know, that's like a crowd pleasing show. Or yeah. someone were, was like, I've seen cats like 18 times. Like, yeah, I would be like, okay, maybe this is not going to work out. You just don't want someone that basic. That's not really right. for you. It is, yeah, it's definitely a basic thing. It's not like, um, it's not like class thing. It's more like, you know, I feel like we're incompatible. Your interests are incompatible with my interests. For me, the Mamma Mia version of that is when people are like, what's the movie that you think is the funniest and people are like bridesmaids and i'm like so many movies are so and bridesmaids is fucking hilarious but again crowd pleaser and like when your mind goes straight to the crowd pleaser like i'm kind of like you're not unique enough for me like i like someone who has a little bit of like an edge to them or something like i really honestly think something more like death to smoochie is one of my favorite funny movies or like something like a woody allen movie you want something dark 
Yeah. That's oh, also I'm, like, I'm you know, you sick. want like, yeah, yeah, you want like a darkness. Ghost zone. World is like up there for me. Sure. It's like, you know, I just that. But like, first of all, I had no idea how problematic Ghost World was until recently. I mean, I remember. At I the haven't time, watched it in a long time and I'm afraid to. They've been doing like exposés on it recently about like why this movie was so problematic. And like it was. I mean, it was problematic from the beginning. But at the time, I think we thought she was making a statement with that piece of art, like the the chicken art that she right, brought right. into her thing. And she was, and it, and but it just, I don't think the point was driven home that the reason why that was interesting that she won the art fair was because of the the thoughts that people were projecting onto it. That wasn't right. clear enough. And like in Boston in like 2001 when that came out or whatever, like we weren't really having that conversation. So, right. um, it was just like a funny, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid to watch it now too, actually, to like undo that memory. Sure. I used to love Kevin Smith too. Oh yeah, I had a Kevin Smith phase. I mean, people didn't we like all? don't cop to it, and like they're no, like, "Oh, I, Kevin Smith," to. and I'm like, "No, like you love Dave Matthews Band, and you love Kevin Smith, and there's nothing fucking wrong with that stage of your life, like totally. under the table and dreaming." You know, I still I haven't rewatched Kevin Smith in a while, but like I feel like I would still enjoy Dogma because I saw it at the right age. Oh, Dogma was of, like, great. Yeah, and you know, and it, I think it kind of goes past like normal Kevin Smith shit. Yes. Whereas no. if I watched like Mallrats or Clerks now, I think I would be like, I can't handle this. Clerks is, you know, that's the thing is that I don't know if I would think Clerks or Mallrats is more clever now. Part of me thinks that Mallrats was like just a better movie in some ways, but Clerks was like so experimental and interesting right. and like strange. Um, but yeah. No, I once like I remember going to Blockbuster and renting every Kevin Smith movie and watching them in order and then watching like an evening with Kevin Smith where he like takes questions. Oh, about, yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah. I fully like was into Kevin Smith. But like people who I mean, people who don't like him really don't like him. Right. And that's like to me, it's like, why? Like, I, I don't think well, there's anyone I dislike like that. Yeah. I also think people who are like people feel a lot of anger toward whoever they were like really into that they kind of grew out of. You sort of feel like resentful of that, that you right. had a Kevin Smith phase. I actually read this article the other day. That's like the six stages of uh, like enjoying a podcast or right. loving a podcast. And it starts out with like curiosity and then like <laughs> the initial stage where you're excited about it. And then like deep obsession where you're in the Facebook group and you're like talking about it to everyone, you know, and your conversations are around it. And then there's like, it starts to wear on you a little bit and then you unfollow it and then you start to listen again because you've realized that like maybe it's not all that emotional, you know, right. but it is it made me like, first of all, it made me incredibly aware of a situation that I'm in all the time because I'm always like, I'm so sick of myself. I don't know why this podcast still gets listened. <laughs> like, I really am like, I would just be like, <laughs> shut up, Molly. Like, I really would. Um, but um, yeah. Oh, my God. The Facebook group's going off about my Jenny Jizz mug. Um, do you know who Jenny Jizz is? No. Okay. So she's a Snapchat porn star who's, like, very, very important to me. Um, she Is her shtick that she's like, has jizz on her? So she, like, is a cum slut. And right. so she does- Who among us? She does, <laughs> she does blow bangs, um, which means that, like, she will have, like, <laughs> basically, they'll put, like, her- So her husband, cum artist, um, <laughs> he will- put up on his snap like holiday in like something something orlando drive like blah 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 hollywood florida right and then like a bunch of like dudes will show up and yeah. she 
Like they will circle around her. Right. And she will sit in the middle and suck all of them off. And like all right. the other guys are like jerking off while she's sucking off one of them. And like it's always like faceless dudes. Like you never see the faces. Um, and well, you course, don't need to in that scenario. And sometimes it'll be really sad. Like it'll be like a guy just like has too much pressure on him. And so like he's soft as fuck. And Jenny just keeps sucking. Like she <laughs> will really, she really puts in the work. And that's her. what I, I do. I enjoy persistence <laughs> and consistency in a person. Nevertheless, <laughs> she persisted. Are you okay with this? I'm fine with it. It's just You're like so it red. blows my mind right now because you, if I were saying this stuff, you'd be like, ugh, Christina, gross. You're such a... <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're, so, you're, you're such a, a freak. Perf. You're such a freak, you freak. <laughs> and so I'm just like, uh, like it's no. not fair. The inequality of this is really just getting. <laughs> no, I mean, I that's and also the truth. just the thought of you watching like someone. It's I basically know. porn. You're watching porn. No, Molly. I know I'm watching porn. <laughs> and I also know it's that I'm... It's basically porn. I also know that I tweet Art, about though. the porn. I report on it. Right. I take screenshots. <laughs> so this was like... There was a really big event that meant a lot to me coming up, which was that Jenny and Come Artist had VIP tickets to Daughtry and Nickelback. <laughs> um, <laughs> With their friend Pornicate Adam that I think they bought when Pornicate was still with his girlfriend, um, Naughty Alicia. And then right. Naughty Alicia and Pornicate had a really bad breakup. So he needed to get someone to have the VIP ticket. And like someone in my Facebook group did try to go to the concert. Like she tried to f- like drive down from New York to go to Florida to go to with Naughty yeah. with our mom and dad come artist and Jenny. <laughs> and like um, – Thank God she didn't go. He wound up taking this girl, Roxy Ray, who, you know, I mean, literally after she did a downward dog in a Denny's parking lot with full asshole exposed. Like they (laughs) take their tits out everywhere they go. They eat at chain restaurants every night. It's always she wears a lot of mesh tops so her nip can slip through one of the little mesh holes. It sounds kind of country crock. Oh, it's very country crock. And that's really what it's. all. I mean, look. They'd never. I'm never gonna marry Comer. <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't do that to Jenny. Right. I mean, I'm really in this for Jenny. And like, what I love about Jenny too is that she's such a good girlfriend. Like, she literally like two other women. Like, she obvious. She's so sick of her husband sometimes. Like, you could tell. Like, she was not really feeling Roxy Ray. That she's like, who is this fucking tryhard? I'm a star. Like. I guess Roxy's big enough for some people. She's like a big enough cam girl. But like Jenny's a fucking, she's in a league of her own. Yeah. And um, like she's so kind. And like just watching them go buy beers together and like come artists is like zooming in on their asses or whatever. Like you're just watching this on Snapchat. But like Jenny's like putting her arm on her shoulder and being like, what kind of beer do you want? And I'm just like, Jenny. Like you don't you don't even know her and you're so nice. And like you guys are gonna hook up in the parking lot after this. Roxy drank her piss in the parking lot <laughs> at the Daughtry and Nickelback show. Uh, after beer though, I feel like that'd be so gross. <laughs> yeah. That's drink, definitely the wrong. Honestly, my my unsolicited advice is if you do want to drink pee ever, you should make sure the person like drinks a lot of water first. Yes. Yeah. You it don't should want be the... as clear as possible. Like is urine safe to drink or no? It is. It is. It is safe to drink. Right. I mean, there are like slight risks to it. Sure. But not enough that I would say don't drink pee. Right. Like definitely drink pee if you want to drink pee. If you're like, if that's your fetish. Yeah, for sure. I think it's fine. But I do think you should not drink pee after someone's been having beer because it would just Scat shit is wild to me. I, that's the thing is like, I don't think pee is weird. Like I, pee is, urine is sterile. Oh yeah, and like, urine and is it's not, different. It's not that gross, but like 
anything with like because I don't really believe in pooping as a concept. No, like, I'm I just, like not into I don't it. even like to acknowledge that it exists. Like, so I can't with that. Yeah. Like, have I looked out of curiosity? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I want to die after? Yes. Yeah. But like, I can't. I can't do it. Do you think this is like so not relevant? But like, do you think that like two girls, one cop? Do you think that was actual shit? Um, I do. I do think it was real. Oh, sorry. I mean, no, like, I, wish I mean, it it's weren't. not your fault. But like, what did they all do to give themselves diarrhea? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> take a bunch of laxatives. Yeah, like or a handful of stool softeners. Oh yeah, because those are fine. You can take a bunch of those. They're creative. Yeah, I have to say they, they really, find a way. They are. They really are creative. I do have to say also though that Jenny's getting so big that I don't know if she's safe anymore because like it'll be like thirty guys and Jenny. Did they vet them? No. And like, that's see that worries me. And I'm like, come artists can't beat up all thirty of these guys. Right. Like, is she they... like always on antibiotics? Like, how do you like avoid gonorrhea of the throat? Literally, it makes me so upset that she does. She's she blows. I mean, I mean, no, she's not gonna do a condom blowjob. No, like those aren't real. Those are from movies. So I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a condom blowjob. Lifetime job movies. <laughs> Lifetime movies. No, I mean, like, Literally listen, put, you have to put a banana on a dick or, or I... a condom on a banana. <laughs> Uh, I have theoretically heard of the condom blowjob and they that's why they, they make flavored condoms but like yeah. no one's oh. ever gotten off from a condom blowjob is that why they make flavored condoms that is why they make flavored condoms oh okay yeah what curious because like why what? not taste like la- like uh, latex and big chocolate flavor see that's see so that's bad. what's so gross so about bad. it that's what's so gross about it is that oh also too like my mom, I went to a sex shop with my friends in high school, like after school one day, and we bought three condoms and we did a Neapolitan. We got a chocolate, a vanilla, and a strawberry. And then um, we blew one up on the subway as a balloon. Yeah. And then I had two other condoms in my pocket. We blew up the strawberry one. So my mom's going through my shit. And she's like, who would Molly be having sex with? Right. And she confronted me and was like, are you having sex? And I was like, no, mom, we bought those to like blow them up on the tea and like make balloons out of them. We were just being like, we thought it would be funny to go into the sex shop and like laugh at the bondage gear. Right. Like we didn't like. No, I, I got when I was in high school, I definitely was having sex and I bought condoms for my friend who was having sex. So she was afraid to buy them. Yeah. And then, of course, that was the receipt that I like left in my pocket. And my oh, mom yeah. found and was like, what is Trojan 12 count? And I was like, you know what it is, <laughs> but I'm not. It's not for me. It's definitely not for me. How much sex did you have in high school? Like, did you have multiple part? Do you mind? No, if I, I, d- I didn't have. I, I. Oh, well, no, I, I hooked up with one person when I was a senior in high school. Yeah, two people, one person, and maybe like one the summer after. Yeah, but I didn't like really start having sex until college. Yeah, no, I had my one high school boyfriend that like, I like lost my virginity too late, and high- but like, there I weren't wait, there like, weren't like there weren't gays in my high school. Like, right. like I feel that like you knew I was. Of. Right, but, like, I was sort of, like, when I was a senior, like, I was, like, sort of out to people, and, like, that was, like, crazy, whereas, like, as I was leaving, there were, like, gay freshmen coming in, like, it changed so much, like, generally, generationally. Oh, like, it's so different out A lot now. younger, but, like, when I was in high school, like, like, there was no gay straight alliance, like, there were no, I didn't know any gay people, so it was, like, you found the one person who was, like, I'm curious, and you hooked up with that person, Right. That was it. Well, like, literally... I went to a different school for my freshman year than I did for my main school. And like, I went to public school in Lexington, Mass. So, like, it was, 
you know, it was a big public school. There was a lot of people there. It was a very good school. There was like maybe one person who I don't think he ever said the words I'm gay, but it just was very obvious. He was the one male cheerleader. Like he only hung out with girls. Like he loved drag, like very like always down to do that. But like my first high school that I went to, we were a class of 45. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you when I say probably 15 of those guys came out. Yeah. And like it's it was a volume yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I just was like, is there a reason why people are more afraid in public school to come out? Or is like literally this just the gayest high school in America? <laughs> Something in the water. Yeah, I guess so. Turning us all gay. Okay, well, I'm gonna take the next call. I don't know about you. Uh, but let's do that. Let's see where I'm at on my mug sales. I've sold no mugs so far. No mugs. Give it time. I will. Hey, Molly and Christina. It's Krista calling again because you guys said you needed calls on the episode I was just listening to. And I realized I know this phone number by heart. So I just took out the AV jack and gave you a call. Um, my question is, uh, what do you think about people dating when they're super, super depressed. Um, Because I am super, super depressed right now. Um, I'm dealing with probably the worst depression kind of spiral, I guess, that I've had in a really long time. Um, I've had to have my medication. Like, I'm feeling good. But um, I'm still kind of, like, on the the apps and going on dates. And, like, I know people say all the time, which I think is bullshit, that, like, you have to, like, love – yourself before you can love somebody else or like how are you going to love yourself before you love whatever dumb dumb bullshit like that uh and i'm not sure if it is dumb bullshit actually because i don't know if it's responsible to do when you're super depressed so uh what do you think let me know and have a blessed day i appreciate and love both of you oh you know like three two three four five zero seven four zero eight by heart it is a pretty good phone number. Christina picked that out, right? <laughs> I did. You yeah. picked that out. It's good. Um, it doesn't spell anything. Um, but That makes it more impressive when they remember it, though, because then it's like they truly just are a diehard fan. And if you want to call Emotion Broken Psychos, it's 415 Psychos, which is cool that we got Psychos. That was really like... No, that's awesome. It's like a San Francisco number, but it was just important to us to get... Love a 415. Psychos. Yeah. Um, but, okay. Don't do it. That's what I was saying as you were, I was just like, don't do it. I have, have you dated depressed? You deal with depression, right? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking of myself. No, I was thinking of myself. Obviously you deal with depression. You're a writer. You deal with depression. Of course. No, of course. I mean, like, I, I don't think that, like, I know that it's a cliche to be like, you have to love yourself to date, to like love someone else. I think it's a little bit reductive, but I don't think it's untrue. I don't think, I, I, I just think that like, I think of how many relationships that I feel like I have self-sabotaged because I was in the wrong place for them and like mm-hmm. they were perfectly good people and it would have worked out maybe had I been in a better place. Yes. But I was just not able to give anything of myself. I mean. And you can fake it for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and like you maybe don't read as depressed other people like you, you know, you kind of can get out there. Like I've always been very functional about my anxiety and depression. 100%. And they don't know they, you. Right. And they so. don't, and they have no idea. And so when you're canceling plans or like, you know, suddenly show up and you don't want to talk at all, it just seems like you're an asshole when really like you're dealing with some shit and you can't fake it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I wish that I had waited and not tried really hard. And also like, I think it's impossible to not think on some level that you're going to find a relationship that will fix you. Right. Which is not going to happen. It's be- it's like you, you feel like, Oh, I have nothing right now. So I need something. But like, 
a person is not an object and like that's an actual human being that you were inflicting your shit upon and like I very selfishly I've talked about this before right after my breakup a few years ago got right on tinder like a month I think like a week later I got on tinder because I just was like my biggest hurdle in that breakup was will anyone ever love me again right will I ever be as loved as I was in this was that it for me um and it's just not cool to use other people as a science experiment and we all do it and we all do it but not but but not really i mean like i I will also say that like there's nothing that i feel more guilt about than what and this person is like engaged now the person that i dated after my last big relationship um, we were together for like three months and like he's engaged now. He's like literally one of the nicest guys. Like he honestly probably does not give a shit about the way I treated him. But I will say that like I feel ashamed. Like I have shame for the way that I treated him and I feel very badly about it. And um, it's something that I have to carry with me. And so that's just another thing that I have to also now work through because I was like you used and abused another person because you were too emotionally lazy to get it together on another level. Like yeah. you were just like, I need a Band-Aid right now. And you don't treat people like that. And you can acknowledge you're depressed. But I will say also when I've dated depressed, the type of person I attract is a garbage person. Like the type of people who are really, really into me when I'm depressed are either super nice guys that are clueless and are just trying to make it work with the girl because it's an opportunity to like make it work with a girl. Um, You know, I think that people are the same way that women often go after bad boys. Men like the bad girls too, like the unattainable. And when I'm in a- It's Lana Del Rey's whole aesthetic. So, you know, clearly it's working for someone. When I'm in a bitchy place, like when I'm in a place in my life where I- I technically can't emotionally be in a relationship, but I want to be in one. I am that girl. And it's very, I've noticed it's very attractive to the wrong kinds of guys. Yeah. And by that, I mean, a lot of times they're guys that I'm like, I will swallow you whole. Like we can't date because I will kill you. (laughs) Like it's not even like with my hands or anything, like just by being myself, this will really affect your life. And that is, I really think you deserve better than that. And like, if you want to go out and have do what I call like practice dating or just like entertainment dating or whatever else, like you have to be honest about that in your profile. And I think we all hate that person on Tinder. Who's like, I'm just here to have fun, but like really honestly, that, then I'm just here to find like hiking buddies. Cause go fuck yourself. Yeah. But it's after like, kids don't need to use apps and they shouldn't be on them. And that is my take on that. No, but <laughs> I mean, issue. saying, you know, like, lie say I just got out of a relationship or you know like I haven't been dated a lot in a while so I thought I'd try this out to see if I can meet some you know different people and get back on the dating I I mean I will say like on the other side of this is that like depression never entirely goes away and people who are depressed deserve love and like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't like I don't think that there's a role that like if you're depressed you should never date I think it's more like you have to know you have to know where you're at so if you're like in the middle of a depressive episode and you know that you can't be with someone right now like then you should not be dating but if you are someone who is prone to depression like and you want to try dating someone I think the key is just to be really open about that and Mm -hmm. like like make sure they're on the same page with you and like be upfront about the things you're dealing with and that you do deal with, which like is going to be a deal breaker for a lot of people. Yeah. Like you're going to have to find someone who's going to be patient with you. And you know, there's a chance that you're going to end up in another depressive episode. But I think if you're in the middle of one right now, like maybe don't be on Tinder. I also think that it's very important to recognize, um, 
essentially like it's important to recognize how your depression manifests. Like, is it toxic to other people or are you mostly like hurting yourself? Like, because if it's if you're if you're the kind of person who's like not going to like literally bring down someone's world, like because you are depressed, maybe maybe you can swing it. I just don't know. I don't like the attitude of that's bullshit. Like if you can't love yourself, I don't think you're putting the work in. And in a relationship, I had someone say this to me once because I was doing a ton of work and the person I was with was not doing any work. And I had them say to me, like in a relationship, like when one partner is working on themselves and the other one isn't like one is climbing a ladder of like emotional growth and the other one is staying still and like you can't you can't have that both people have to be working on themselves so if you are kind of have this attitude like oh self-work self-care is bullshit like then that's what you're I mean you're gonna attract that or you're gonna lose a great person so yeah I mean I feel like I'm very self-destructive and like my depression is much more inward facing and I can be normal with other people but at the same time like eventually it always catches up to me with someone else yeah so like I might be able to like you know treat someone else well while I'm treating myself like garbage but like after a few months I'm gonna start treating them like garbage too because they're gonna be a thing that makes me happy or might make me happy and I will ruin that as well yeah well that's the the saying of you know for the first six months of any relationship you're dating someone's representative and like sometimes even your depressed self can send in a better representative especially if you're like oh this guy's good like I don't want to let this go um but you know at the same time I do think that if you what you were saying like oh I kind of squandered that or whatever like I think that that person was a lesson for you. I really do think that people come in and out of your life for a reason and that like, you know, you reflect certain things on a certain people and you always do one, you always do better in relationships. I really do have a belief in that. Like you never regress unless you're getting into substance or something like that, but you never really regress. So, just remember, like, don't beat yourself up about that. You or me. That's less, I mean, that's I, tr- I me try. Too. One of the hardest things I think to accept that I've been trying to work on is that, like, there are so many reasons that relationships don't work out. And a lot of it is a matter of timing. And, like, it's just sometimes you're just in the wrong place in your life with someone who might otherwise be great. 100%. And you can't just beat yourself up about that, even though I do it all the time. I do take comfort in knowing that, like, out of all of my exes, like, only, like, one is is like engaged or like has made major <laughs> progress. I'm like, well, it's not me. So how does that feel? It's also you. There you go. You're also a mess. Um, all right. I think we should take our next call. Thanks for calling, Krista. Hi, Molls. I mean, this is probably the third message you've had tonight, and all of them have been from me because I'm so emotionally broken. Um, my t- sister told me I need to be more concise with my Thing that I need to be advised upon. So here's the situation. I slept with a guy that I work with. I'm in marketing. He's in sales. He's 21 years older than me. I'm leaving the company to go to grad school in a different country. And here's, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's sleeping with another coworker. And she called me to complain about someone spreading a rumor about them sleeping together. I didn't spread that rumor, but also, like, I mean, they 100% are sleeping together, and she wanted me to feel bad for them. Here's my thing. Should I... I know things about technology. Should I send him a text anonymously, being like, yo, literally everyone knows that you're having affairs. 
And here's the thing. I know it's really, really fucking shitty that I had I slept with him even though he's married. He told me I was twenty three when it happened. He told me he was in a loveless marriage, that doesn't excuse it, whatever. But she's like thirty seven, he's forty seven. I mean, I'm pretty sure they've slept together, but I kind of want to call him out for it because he's made me feel like such a nothing. Anyways, please advise, should I text him anonymously because I know how to do that and so does everyone in the world? Or should I just leave it and move on with my life? Or am I a horrible person? Thanks, girl. Bye. Also, I'm from outside of Boston. Like, if that gives you any sympathetic feelings. I'm your people. Okay, thanks. Bye. Guys, update. I've made $3.30 so far from my mug sales because I, too, know about technology. Um, <laughs> first of all, like we were kind of roasting you a little bit behind the scenes because it's like you made it sound like it's a fucking Black Mirror episode or something. <laughs> <laughs> you sent an anonymous text. What? It's like, isn't there just like a website to for be, that? To be fair, I would have to Google that. Like, I don't know off oh, the top yeah. of my head. Like, I would have to look it but up. But how do you think she found out? No, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think like, she was like, yeah, I don't think she a She's cellular a knowledge. Tech wizard. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Um Christina said something which I don't necessarily agree with, but uh, because I'm a little bit petty, but you <laughs> Christina said, what did you cry out? I was like, this has nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. Like, drop it. Why are you so obsessed with it? Like, because uh, she got penetrated by this man. I don't think it has nothing to do with her, but I feel like if you're already leaving the country, like, leave the country. Leave the country. Like, there's no reason to drag this out. And, like, there's already... Why does it have anything to do with her? She just... The only thing she did was sleep with him. And, right, like, but nobody I, like, in the office knows about but that. But I'm saying, like, like I understand she why she has... feelings or something. Right, I like, understand why she's upset. And, like, it's skeezy when, like, a married, like, 40-something guy, like, sleeps with his 23-year-old coworker. Like, that's... No, right. it is, and I and I understand that because of the like the disparity there, like there's going to be some weird feelings that often come attached to that. Like you're going to develop some sort of weird, like it, the whole thing is like sketchy, and like I don't blame her for feeling a certain way about it. And but she knew he was married. Well, you know, at 23, yeah. you think you think you can be the one. Like you are more deluded at that age than you ever are. Why? Because you're fucking hot. You're in your prime. Like you're. T- if I knew I was 23 when I was 23, I'd be living a very different life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I had no idea to like be harness my youth. Um, I was just like, wow, I can't wait to be a grown up. Um, but no, you think you can change someone, and you really think like, oh well, he. Is there something wrong with my mic? You really think like, oh, you know, he treats everyone else like this, but I'll be the exception to right. it. Um, or maybe he'll love me more. Like, maybe I'll be the fun, fresh, exciting thing. Maybe it's his wife's fault. You know, I did hear him say she said something bitchy once. Right. I don't think I'd want to be married. You really go through these things that are just, once you reach a certain point in your life, you're going to look back on that and be like, well, that was fucking ridiculous. Like, that was bananas. And like, also. And I think she knows that now. Right. It sounds like she gets that. Like, I don't think she's like trying to make it then why is she trying to get revenge well the other thing that's weird to me is that like if the rumors are already out there you don't have to add to it like it's gonna get back to him anyway right he's clearly like and also like if he really is like banging like everyone at the company like it will come out eventually with or without an anonymous text also like do people care and like also (laughs) do you think it won't be obvious to him who is sending that text even if it's anonymous right like who's invested enough like first of all I would be so afraid. I worry about, like, I mean, I know enough about, like, faked ransom notes and shit like that that I know, like, 
what if I like tip my hat with like a speech tip my hand with like a speech pa- pattern or something? Right. Or, like I say a word that I I caught a girl talking shit about me simply because she uses the same word all the time. <laughs> That's why I think that Amanda Bynes's um like fake Twitter profile, a fake Twitter. Right. I think it is really her because she starts a lot of tweets with quite frankly, which is something that Amanda Bynes says all the time. Quite frankly. Yeah. So um, anyway. Listen. She seems really chill now. Bynes? Yeah. Who knows? Like like lithium chill. I mean, I hope. Same. I mean, I, it's just also like I think that she really does. I mean, I think that that's it's I can't imagine. Like, I think she has a serious diagnosis. I don't think it's just bipolar two or something. I think it's bipolar one with in combination with something else. And right. if I have to speculate on a mental illness, but um, that said, like, that's a real battle, almost like sobriety, where it's like people who deal with that are oftentimes really quick to go off their medication and then mm-hmm. they have to get back on and it's like starting all over again. And, you know, I'm probably not the best person to speak to that. I hope you guys all know that. But I also can say that, like, that's... um. Yeah, that's this fucking rough rug. Separate issue. Anyway, listen. Um, so I wrote down some things when you called, which was that number one, and this is why I think it's also probably fucking with her a little bit. You buried the lead that he was married significantly. And so everything leading up to this was like, you're in sales, he's or you're, you're in marketing, he's in sales, he's 21 years old, you have to move out of the country. And I'm like, um, get Kate Hudson on the line. Like, I think we've got the movie that's going to reinvigorate her career, like unfolding before us. Like, is this man going to move to Spain and be a salesperson in Spain? Right. Maybe. Like, I went to that place immediately because I also, deep down, am, am still a psychotic girl and have, like, unrealistic expectations of what will happen in life. Sure. Um, But a psychotic girl as opposed to a grown-ass woman. Um, But... Yeah, no, I uh, I also I thought it was strange that you didn't think to mention he was married first off like that to me just shows that you're a little bit mentally disorganized when it comes to this and that you're not thinking about it clearly. That's always a sign to me when I notice I'm telling a story out of order or something that I'm not considering the right, the most important facts. Yeah. Um, and I would look at that really as the ultimate fact is that he is a married man. He's probably not going to leave his wife um, if he's, you know, 21 years older than you. He's probably been married for at least, you know, 10 years or something like that. If the guy has kids or whatever, girl, lost cause. Like, you need to chalk this up to, like, the game of life and just move on. Like, things happen sometimes, you know, and it sucks. And it's, well, my, okay, but here's the thing is it seems like it's less about getting revenge against him as it is about this other woman. It seems like there's some jealousy happening with this woman who she thinks he slept with well, doesn't I think actually that's know. Also the part of the younger girl narrative where it's like you this 37 year old woman who you're like you're quick to blame another woman. Right. Like I I actually had this exact scenario happen except I was dating the guy. Right. Um and we were like basically in a relationship and I found out that he was kind of two-timing me with another woman in the office and yeah. she was significantly older than me and I didn't know that they were together or whatever hooked up a couple times and we went to a party together this woman and I and like I had a few too many beers again I was 23 and so I was just like hey you know so-and-so and I are like hooking up right and like she shut down yeah like it was never the same between us again yeah 
And like to this day, I do not really know what happened between them. But me saying that to her did something to her that I can't. I just wouldn't. I if isn't I could it, take it back, I would. Yeah, isn't it weird though that like I think about all the fuck boys who have like done terrible shit to me, and the people that I always feel the like I I never blame them. It's always the people who they're also sleeping with that I feel the angriest about. Like, yeah, I I don't even though they're the ones who are at fault. I like I fucking hate the other guys that they're doing the same thing to. Um, well, regardless of the age, the thing it's just that like I get the most you know, upset about is I'm like, you think that you can fuck that person and me? Like, you think that that we're on the same menu? Like, we are not on the same menu, honey. Okay, there's McDonald's, and then there's some fancy-ass place. There's Country Crock, and then there's Real Butter. And there's Real-Ass Butter, and I'm the Real Butter, baby. Okay, go get your Country Crock pussy somewhere else, okay? <laughs> but, like, I'm not, you know, that's more, like, my uh, the place where I get offended. But I have found, like, over the years, I've actually found a lot of my exes, ex-girlfriends to be fucking delightful people. Yeah. And, like, I would rather be friends with them anyway. We both got fucked over by this guy. And, like, why don't we just be cool? And so I try to actively use that when feeling jealous or feeling jealousy. I don't That's like smart. It. Yeah. But... It's a bad feeling. And it's, like, I just feel like my, I'm, my like, resentment is always misplaced. Do you think this woman, why is a 37-year-old woman calling a 23-year-old and saying that you're afraid there's office gossip about you? Because I think she thinks that the 23-year-old started the gossip. Oh, that was the That was what I, I think that she was accusing her of spreading the rumor. Oh. That's what I thought, too. Do, well, do you think that she knows that, that this girl slept with the guy, yes. too? Yes. Yeah, and that's, does, do you think that the girl knows that she knows, too? She should, because why else would she be calling her? I just want you to think about that, because you didn't mention it, and I want you to know that I think that she knows you also slept with him. I think everyone knows everything. I mean, just assume... I think it sounds like everyone knows everything, and you don't need to send any texts, because it's all out there, and you should get away from the situation, which you're doing... So, like, good for you. Little puppy dog. I feel so bad because <laughs> I have been saying, that naive like, child that does not know that everyone's talking about me. I feel like if she sends the text, then oh. that'll be confirmation for him or her that it was her who started it. Especially make sure if like, you do it, send it, do it at home when you're drunk. Do not do it <laughs> on a work computer because if it comes up, that could be an HR issue for yep. you. Yeah. If you even are looking at that site, if you have ever Googled that site at work, do Just not do, do that it. because it will come up as an HR issue if there's a threat in the workplace to this guy's phone and he could show it to the bosses and be like, I'm not sleeping with anyone. Whoever sent me this is psychotic. And like to, you know, when you do a psychotic action, unfortunately, I've learned this the hard way. Even if it's justified, you are the person who did the psychotic action. Yeah. And like that's so, so history. You lose all the moral high ground. Exactly. History will always say that you were in the wrong. um, When in fact, like you're having a reaction to someone else's behavior. Um, So just um, you know, go get your foreign dick on. I don't know what to say. Like, and you d- you will because no one goes abroad and doesn't have a lot of sex. Yeah, I like need to do that without my family or when I'm single. <laughs> like, I've been abroad with my family. You and said I've that been like a with fact. A like the sun rises okay, in the so- east, and sets <laughs> in the west, and you can't honestly, go like, given given given, <laughs> given my personal experience, you absolutely can go abroad and have zero sex. So I don't yeah. know why I said that, but in my mind. This woman will have a lot of sex abroad. <laughs> but like only losers, right? Right. Only losers. Um, okay, girl. Well, um, talk to you soon. Hey, Malls, Christina, and guest. Um, so I actually, this just happened at work, and it still 
bothering me. So if I sound angry, it's because I'm like fresh off the annoyance train. Um, basically, so I work in a small office. I'm a graphic designer on an in-house design team, and we're all really close, and we talk about, like, you know, stuff that's not, like, super office PC, but, like, you know, I don't know. Everyone's on the same page. Also, um, a Trader Joe's just opened up down the street from where we work. It's, like, a two-minute walk. Okay, ten-minute walk, whatever. Um and so, anyway, like, we've all been going there for lunch every day, and everyone's, like, trying new shit, and, like, sometimes it smells weird, and, like, most of the time it's fine, and no one really cares, but there's this one guy who is also, like, not my direct manager, but, like, a senior, like, he's not in charge of me, but has more authority than I do, um, who, like, seems to just solely have a problem with the food that I eat. And, like, the smells. And we're also in a basement office, so most people eat at their desk. It's kind of a pain in the ass to, like, I don't know. It just That's just the way it is. Um, so, anyway, he used this rule that was, like, oh, well, I think if, you know, someone is bothered by the smell of someone else's food, then that person should have to eat outside. And I was, like, okay, well, I think that if we're going to do that, we should just make an all-or-nothing rule where, like, if you're going to eat, you eat outside because I don't think it's fair that – to single people out like that, you know, um, and like what bothers you might not bother anyone else. It's just easier. And then, but no, no, like don't do that because I don't fucking know. But anyway, um, the thing that bothers me is what I was eating at the time was a hummus with like garlic sauce on it, which yeah, garlic, whatever. But there's at least two other people I know in the office who eat that same food. And he, has never said anything to them about it. In fact, the only time he really mentions the smell of food is, like, when it's my food. I also happen to be the largest person in the office. I'm not – I mean, I'm fat. Like, Lindy West, like, adopting the word fat. But, I mean, that's what I am doing. I am adopting the word fat. I'm still, like – I'm not huge. Like, I can still shop mostly straight sizes. But, you know, like, sometimes it is hard to go into an H&M and find stuff that's, like, not – like making me want to die um but anyway that's just like a little bit of context for that um it's I don't know I just feel like now apparently the new rule is if someone is bothered by the smell of someone's food then that person just gets asked to leave and I feel like if I say I'm bothered by anyone else's food now it'll just seem like petty retaliation when actually like a couple of things first of all I'm a recovered bulimic, so, and I'm still, like, struggling with it. It's not, like, I don't binge and purge daily, but it's something that crosses my mind daily. And, you know, if you talk to any addict or any eating disorder person, it's, like, you're always in it. Um, like, on a personal note, I would actually prefer if no one ate in the office because then I don't have to see, you know, it's really nice. Sometimes people will go to Trader Joe's and they'll buy cookies or, like, cake and they'll put it out for everyone. But it is really hard like, I can avoid those foods if I don't buy them, but it's fucking hard when every day at work you walk in and there's just, like, a plethora of junk food out. Um, you know, but, I mean, I've been dealing with it because that's part of being in an office. I also, like, have mild misophonia, which means I get that, like, anger, like, irritation at certain sounds. And, like, sometimes people chewing drives me fucking insane. So I put on headphones and I listen to podcasts. One of uh, two of which, please advise, and Mother May I Sleep with podcasts is, like, how I get through the day, you know? It's not a big deal. It's just 
you know, part of being in an office and like having to be around 12 different people at a time. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, how do I deal with like a feeling singled out because of my weight be like standing up for myself and having it not seem like petty retaliation? Because at this point, I feel like if I tell someone, Hey, like that sound or that food is bothering me. Can you go outside? Like, I don't really want to do that to begin with, but I feel like if I'm going to be forced to eat outside or whatever, like, fuck them. Like, I'm going to tell them to do that, too. Um, and then the other thing, too, was – actually, I don't really remember. Oh, the other thing I was going to add, I am actually leaving this job in about four months. Me and my boyfriend are moving to a new city. Um, I don't – I do generally enjoy this job, but it's it's also – I'm in that weird spot where, like, I want to be happy for the remainder of the four months, but I also don't feel like I need to – You know, it's not a situation where it's like, oh, maybe I should consider finding, like, a more agreeable workplace because, like, I already am going to. I just, like, want to deal with this as it is right now. Um, So please advise. Thank you. Hey, so um, at first my thought was – I think you probably agree. Like, she was probably just, like, his bitch eating crackers. Like, it was just, like, (laughs) anything she does is going to piss him off for some reason. She has a target on her back. Right. Maybe she's too talkative. Maybe it's whatever. It took a real fucking turn when you shared with us that you consider yourself fat, that this is definitely a thing that you have. You're the biggest person in the office. Right. Which I – you know, I I, and I'm believing that's true. I believe her, yeah. And I also – absolutely believe she's being singled out and, because she's oh, fat 100 percent. there's no doubt even if it's subconscious he's doing right. it you know like he that that is that is why he's doing it it's not it's it's not dissimilar because to... for, for people like this is something that like fat people deal with that mm-hmm. like when you eat and you're fat you are considered to be doing something disgusting yes. regardless of what you're eating or how you're eating it it doesn't matter people see you and judge you because you are fat and you are in their mind, making yourself fatter. And it is a disgusting mm-hmm. thing to them. So that is something that like, is like you said, it's an unconscious bias that many people feel, but they will feel like revulsion about that. Mm-hmm. And that's a very real thing. And it fucking sucks. It sucks. I, and, and it sucks to the extent that like, I have very good friends who are overweight or fat or whatever word you want to use. And they do not eat in front of me, yeah. like because of it. And I, it sucks when I like, and like go, we go out to dinner sometimes, and I'm eating alone, and they're like, just you know, they have like an iced tea or something, and I'm like, man, like I want to eat with my friend, you know, like this sucks. I used to have a no eating rule on dates forever. Oh yeah, and like, me too. And, I don't like to, put which things I know in is like, com- I mean, a lot of people don't like to like eat on dates for vi- various reasons, but I like didn't want anyone to see me eating who would like. Like, I was like, if they see me eating, they'll never want to have sex with me. Right. Well, no matter, no matter what I get. So like, or that it would be like, I'll eat a salad. I get very snobby about table manners, but like the act of like mastication, like chewing to me, like thinking about someone swallowing the spit in their mouth, right. like thinking about all of that is so disgusting to me. And I have said before that I hate food. Like, I'm not a food person. Like, it's not my passion. That's not true. I used to have a different relationship. And I think that I was around so many people that relied on food as a comfort. Like... When I'm upset and something's going on and there's a bowl of chips out and someone in the room is still eating chips, I'm like, how can you eat <laughs> chips right now? Like, there's a disaster going on. Like, how are you even finding – but I know that that's how some people yeah. react to it. Um, but I also – I think that it's also a complex I have because I was a chubby kid. Now, I will tell you this, is that I have been singled out in a workplace before myself. Like, I've become the bitch eating crackers in a place for probably a much 
more on me reason. Like probably I was being annoying or probably I talked too much or whatever. Um, and I'll own that. But like what I did in the face of being quote unquote bullied, I don't believe an adult can really be bullied. I have to say that like that is I am one of those people that kind of feels that way that it's like, yeah, you can be picked on. You can be terrorized. You can have all this stuff happen to you. Harassed, but like yeah. bullying is really like that's a word reserved for school children um, in my mind. Um, but I like I can't. I don't know what to do. That's what I, that's, I'm going to turn it over to you, Lewis, because (laughs) I, in the face of that, I have broken. And the only thing I can suggest to you is to do whatever you can to make sure that you don't break because that's all. I mean, for me, it was a game of survival. At this point, it sounds like you're trying to just survive the job. Well, I mean, I know what I would do, which is to eat outside every day, to not let it get to a point where they asked me to leave. Like out of like a, yes. And I don't think that's the right thing to do in terms of like, that's not what they deserve, but I think that's the best way forward in terms of like just avoiding this entirely. Your mental health as well. And right. Like- but also, if you want to talk to someone in HR right before you leave and say and talk about this stuff, I don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that. No, if you do exit reviews at your job, especially if you are like changing careers or whatever, like I really think that that's something that you almost have to do, to be yeah. honest, um, because I have come to the conclusion that outside of my industry other people don't have the same relationship with hr and like to in 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 my profession in tv writing and i'm sure even in yours yeah if you go to hr you're never gonna fucking work again like it's just we have a good hr department but it it depends on where you're working obviously and i think it like you know and i understand there's a there's a fear for a lot of people of going to hr yeah whereas like i work somewhere where like you're encouraged to go for pretty much you know anything and they're really supportive and like it's great but i know it's not like that for everyone yeah but if you are leaving anyway and you have a job lined up and you don't think it's going to jeopardize that job i think i don't think there's i think you should talk about that that because like this guy is going to treat another fat person like this in the future right exactly right and and I also would in order to just make it feel like you're not just being shunned which is like obviously how you're going to feel but like if you if there's something that you can do while you're eating your lunch to make it feel like you're just not you're not being exiled that might be good for you like get a dope audiobook or like you know do something you know watch watch an episode of teen mom on your phone do whatever it is that you want to do to make that a special time for you because if you sit there and you're eating quietly alone and like feel punished on top of ashamed like that's not cool man like yeah you know? i just think it's i think that the only reason i'm saying you should just do that to begin with is no, because right, you want to do it on your terms and you want it to be like don't give them the opportunity to treat you like shit, you know? And I'm not, I don't think that like eating by yourself is treating yourself like shit. I think it's just like, you know, stepping away from the situation and realizing there's really no good way forward here except to remove yourself from it. Yes, I agree with that. So that's, that's what I would do. Um, well, yeah, let's take another one. Let's take one more. Hey, please advise crew. Um, this is Casey from Dallas. I've called before on, and got some great advice on the Gabby Dunn episode. So I thought I'd call again. Um, so 22 Libra Aquarius rising. I don't know if that's important, but I'll say it. Um, I just came off of li- like the worst fucking year. I've lost all of my grandparents. I was in a job that was sucking the absolute life out of me. I was super depressed, moved back in with my parents got put on academic probation because I was, like, failing out of school. It was 
so bad. Um, and it was definitely the worst about April. And then I finally was able to break off my contract with my job. Um, I got a new job. I've been kind of giving myself a path of like, you had a rough time, so now just kind of chill. So I've been like flopping around. I don't get out of bed until it's like 30 minutes before I have to go to work. Like, it's been pretty bad. And Molly, you always talk about how trips to Austin are so refreshing for you. And I feel absolutely the same way about San Antonio. Like when I go to San Antonio, that is when I can just recharge. And I just got off of a trip um, to San Antonio. And while I was there, I just made the decision of like, it's time to stop playing a backseat role in my life. And it's time to take the wheel and fucking drive. So and I'm a Libra, so I seek balance in life, obviously, and I've been trying to put myself on a routine so that I'm taking better care of myself and, like, I don't know, I'm just trying to make things better. So my question is, what are things that you and Christina and guests um, have kind of instituted into your routine that have really motivated you? Or maybe if you don't even have a routine, just like a self-care thing that's really helped. Um I'm on the upswing, and I'd love to hear if you guys have anything that you could give me to maybe start trying out in my own life. Um, thanks for being here. I'm really sorry about all the things that you guys have been going through, and I hope you're coping and grieving well, and I uh, love you guys. All right. Bye. Well, um, first of all, I do want to point out, and I know you know this, that this is just a fucking hard time for everyone. This has been a really, I mean, whoever is thriving in this environment is, a bad is person. either a psycho <laughs> or like they are like during the economic crisis of 2008, I was killing it, baby. Like that was my <laughs> prime. And like, I don't know why it was, but like for some reason it didn't affect me. That said, I've been paying for that for the last three years. My life has been a shit storm. I get punched around every corner I turn. But I know what you mean. You want to like instill some things in your life that you can do. I call it being an active participant in your own life. I got very su- excited for you when you said you wanted to get into the driver's seat because you are the only person who's in charge of your own destiny. No one else can do that for you. And certainly not Not only can they not do it for you, they won't do it for you. Um, so I will say that I started something this week that's really cool. Um, you know, sleep is so important and it's very important to me in particular. I am a sleepy person. Like as Christina has pointed out before, like the one thing she didn't know about me is that I take two and a half hours to wake up every morning. Like I'm not a person. And you can also nap. You're like a bit, you like, you can nap. From time to time. Yeah. Not really any, ever since Oprah went off the air, it's been hard because like she was my nap hour. Like I would start Oprah and then like when the interview started to get boring, I would fall asleep for the last half and then I'd wake up during the five o'clock news. And like that was like my Perfect. jam. And then like, once that once Oprah left, I was like, well, I can watch a Dr. Phil rerun, but this shit's just so fucking compelling. There's nothing <laughs> there's no work getting done. It's just a trash show. So it's like, oh, I want to watch this trash show from start to finish. But when Oprah gets to the part where she's like, now let's talk about the healing piece. It's That's like when well, you, then like, I'm like punk out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm like, I don't want to learn how to make myself better. Um, but you could just watch Super Soul Sunday reruns, I guess. The iPhone has a new feature um, called bedtime. And if you open up the clock, it's right next to the alarm, in between the alarm and the stopwatch. Have you seen this, bedtime? Oh, yeah. So I know the importance of a good good sleep hygiene, right? Um, But 
because of my schedule, I often can't do that. So last night I was up until two o'clock in the morning because we did the lifestyle, the lifetime podcast. And then I took about two hours to unwind and for my sleep medicine to kick in or whatever. Um, and I was like, fuck, because I, I just started this app and I wanted to hold myself to it. So I set it up so that I go to, I need nine hours of sleep. I gave myself nine hours because I do, I'm still a growing girl. I need an extra hour. Um, but I go to bed at 10 p.m. My goal is to make sure that I've taken my sleep meds at nine. So I set up an alarm to go off an hour beforehand to say to me, hey, girl, go to bed. Like, and so I take my sleep meds. I start to do my routine. I'm in bed at 10 p.m. by 10 p.m. And then I wake up at 7 a.m. And, you know, it's not an outrageous or difficult. And, and this morning, I think because of the way I set it up, I actually wound up waking up at seven o'clock in the morning, which was not really what I wanted today. I actually really needed it. But um, but I had to say now that I've been doing I've been awake all morning and I got to do a couple loads of laundry and I got to tidy up a tiny bit downstairs, which I'm sure Lewis is like, really? You cleaned up today? <laughs> um, But like, yeah, not thinking that I took the trash out. Like I did all these things that I normally do not get to do for myself on a Saturday morning. And I do always feel like my weekends are robbed from me a little bit because for for one reason or another, I always have to – Christina, I'm sure, feels the same way. For one reason or another, I'm either working on a Saturday or working on a Saturday and a Sunday if I'm doing a Lifetime podcast. So it can sometimes be – or like I'm working all day Saturday and I do a Lifetime podcast after this and that is like – can a bitch get a weekend? Because like also like Ed works full time. I don't get to see him anymore. Like it just sucks. And I I really think that if I get on a better schedule where I'm waking up on time, going to sleep on time, I need to work on the water drinking thing, get a Fitbit. I think that there's something just about the accountability of a Fitbit Love that's my Fitbit. very helpful. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have to set mine up downstairs. I just got a new one. I got the new one. I got orange. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was coral because I had my sunglasses I got the on. I got like a ch- the cheapest black one that came with Weight Watchers. If you sign up, you get a free Fitbit. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I don't think mine's fancy. Um, this one doesn't even tell time. It literally, it just counts steps, but also it counts sleep. So it does oh, tell yeah. me how my sleep is. And like, you know, you can update it by like going into the app and saying like, I drank a glass of water. Well, I use um, Plant Nanny for that. Okay. Do you know about Plant Nanny? No, tell me all about it. Plant Nanny is a, you get a virtual plant. That you can like name. <gasps> Shut the fuck and- up. You see my actual advice too, because like buy more plants. Well, that go, yeah. Go I it. mean, yeah. so plant any works. You tell it how much you weigh and like how much it tells you how much water you should drink in a day. Fuck. And off. tells you how many glasses of water you need. And so you every time you take a drink of water, you water your plant. And so if you don't drink enough water, your plant will die. Okay. First of all, that is genius because in therapy, whenever they'd be like Molly. Look at your inner child. I'd be like, I don't know who she, like, who cares? Right. Like, tell that child to shut up. Like, I don't know who she is. Like, I wouldn't understand. Finally, someone said to me, well, would you do that to wags? And I was like, no. I was like, oh, my right. God. I would, like, kill someone. To care for some, something else. Yes. Yeah, so, like, if you can just channel your water through, a like, um, your Tamagotchi plant, <laughs> like, you, that is... Such a good idea. I mean, idea. it worked for me for a while, and then I started cheating because I was like, my plant keeps dying because I'm not drinking water, which is defeating the entire purpose. Oh, I'm getting plant um, nanny right now. But it is, it does, it, you know what? It is still effective. I just need to get back on it. Um, I will say, like, I'm so bad at all this stuff. Like, I have the worst sleep hygiene. Like, it's it's just terrible. And like, I'm hearing all this mm-hmm. stuff, and like, I know I know what I should be doing, and I just don't do it. And I like kind of thought that when I turned 30, I would magically get better at this, and then I didn't. 
Yeah. Um, but like maybe when I'm 35 or 40. Anyway, um, the one thing though that I feel like has been really good in terms of like being an active participant in my life, um, which I've been doing for like a quite a while now, is being a lot more assertive and concrete with plans and mm-hmm. like keeping a calendar and like putting everything in it and being really like like I used to be like, you know, lots of vague plans, lots of like we should hang out, lots of like, you know, I'll get to it eventually. And I feel like putting things down in a calendar and like having a schedule is so important. Huge. Um, and also, I don't know. I just got over the whole thing of like waiting for people to text me and like kind of just like being like, you know what? Like some people are planners and some people are just like go with it. And like if you can be, become a planner, you feel so much more in control of everything and it's worth it. I um, definitely would say get an agenda. Having a bando agenda has been like a great thing for me. And I really love writing down on physical paper. And it also makes me think before I make a plan because I'm not just putting it in my phone. Like everything, when you do something on your phone, it feels like a simulation. It feels like a game. Like you're not right. really thinking about it. But when you have to r- sit down and write with intention, like, or even say to someone, I'm going to have to get back to you. I have to get in front of my calendar. That makes you wonder. Like that makes you say like maybe – my hairdresser tries to bully me into coming in all the time. Uh-huh. And now I don't bring my planner when I go in. So I can say to her, I have to go home and look at my planner. And then that gives me some time to think and say like, no, you really technically can't come in on Tuesday. And you also don't want to spend the money. And like, it's not, you know, you you can say no to that. And um, one other thing I was going to say that oddly enough, you started to kind of mention it. And it was like, I, to me, it felt like an aside. But when you said that, that's so... It like I was like, oh, maybe it's not an aside. Just remember that when you're down and when you're feeling low, as always in life, nothing is personal. Like no one is not reaching out to you because they hate you. Like I had someone say to me recently that I adore and I have always adored. She was like, I said to her, oh, my God, like I was looking through your Instagram the other day and like, you know, something, something, your life is so cute or whatever. And she was like, oh, my God. I've been telling my husband for years that I think you hate me. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she was like, well, we just didn't talk for a while. And yeah. like, I was just like, well, sometimes bitches aren't talking. Like, yeah. I just like, or like, you know, like when we stopped talking, like I happen to also reach the busiest that I have ever been in my life. And so like, but at the same time, I have never had one negative thought of this person. Like if pressed to think of a negative thought, Maybe she phrased something in a way I didn't like one time, but I can't even think of that time. Right. So it's just like nothing is personal. Make sure as as with everything else, exactly. Call people and make plans. If someone's not calling you, be like, you know, don't be aggressive, but also just don't, you know. And also some people do suck and like you don't need them in your life. 100%. And that's also like a very valid like thing to realize that like especially like when you're younger, you have a lot of friendships of of convenience. And I feel like my twenties were all about moving past those and finding people who I really wanted to spend time with who deserve my time and who were there for me when I needed them. That's been my thirties. Like I don't have tangible. I mean, I'm I'm saying that like happened throughout my twenties and I'm still dealing with it in my thirties. But like, I feel like, throughout my 20s was like figuring that out was like moving past like the college friends of convenience that you have right well you bring these people into your life i mean especially in la like you just wind up at these parties and you talk to someone and you think there's like intimacy there or something but like really you are what you were before which is like vague you know vague strangers acquaintances at most like you know and and um you know Especially in LA, people just start to tell each other things. And then next thing you know, everyone's like gossiping about you. And it's just a very scary fucking environment. And 
it doesn't help your depression when you're worried about that shit. It really doesn't. My most recent experience with I've been um, doing some psychedelics recently um, in a scientific sort of way. Like I'm not just recklessly shrooming. You microdosing? Are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. I I thought about doing that, um, but I'm not there yet. Um, I like I'm not comfortable enough with psychedelics to get there yet. But like I would like to eventually have that be the only thing I fuck with. Yeah. Like my goal is to because my first thought when I first of all when I started shrooming. Uh, for the first time recently, I always had an aversion to them because I couldn't handle the thoughts that would come my way. Um, they were too big for me at the time. Um, the first thing I thought is, why would you put alcohol into your body? That's poison. And I was like, why do you smoke? <laughs> I was like, what? why would you do that? And I realized like my brain was having a conversation with itself that it should have been more it should like it should have been at the forefront this whole time in right. my mind, but like it was so it's the simplicity of the realizations you have. And one of the, one of the realizations I had was that like anyone I have in my life who's not like a Christina or an Ed, they're like an extra. And like and like I ho- I hope that's not weird to say that to you because I'm not <laughs> being like you're no one to me. But like no, it's like this is we have to you know I have to acknowledge it for what it is. I'm spending some time with Louis. Say we are not best friends, but like we I, we're spending some time together today and getting to know each other and doing a podcast and something is going to come of this. That's work, but like it's not. I used to think that everyone at work had to be my friend. I used to think that, you know, if so-and-so and and I got into a fight, that was the end of my social life. Or, you know, I would cry because someone would say something to me that was, like, a little bit cruel as opposed to being like, wow, that is a person I don't want to be around. Um, And... Yeah. So yeah, I know, but I, I think that's totally true. There are so many people that like I adore that I like have a lot of like compassion for that I like, you know, like being around that I like mm-hmm. want good things for. But like, I think it's so important to know who you're like, as cliche as it sounds, who your like real friends are. And right. it's usually a very small number of people. I did hear once a statistic, which I thought was actually on the large side, but I was in group therapy with my former business partners and we were told that at any given time you can only actively care it in, a, in an effective way care about 15 people it seems like a lot of people and i was like uh that is way too many people <laughs> and my other business partner who's like a social butterfly was like that's like i mean i couldn't even begin to pick 15 people right and i was like what are you talking like but you what don't is that have like what does close- actively care me you know what i mean like right. people you'll drop anything for to like be there for them it's like that's a right. small number exactly and like that's and and it's important you keep it small for that reason because you can't yeah if you're actively there for 50 people you're, you're gonna wind up disappointing the people you do care about right ed used to do that a lot my best friend we had to have like a Come to Jesus at one point where I just said, like, you want you want to people please everyone. So you make plans with everyone. And I said, you can only do two or three things on a Saturday. Yeah. If you have five parties on a Saturday, you're spreading yourself way too thin. You need to acknowledge that you can't physically do that or so you're going to piss someone off. And I was like, sometimes just just letting someone know in advance that you can't do something is the best thing you can do. I'm a big believer in not making promises you can't keep. Yeah, that's a problem with people pleasers. Like, I, I mean, I had a friend I had to cut out of, my, out of my life because I felt like he, like he was doing it to the point that he was just like lying about his availability because it was just like right. he needed to say yes to everyone. Right. And so he would just like always be flaking. And I was like, you know, that's worse than saying no to begin with, right? 100%. Like, you need to just like be upfront about what you can do. Yeah, I, tr- I, 
I've narrowed it down. Here's another self-care thing that I've talked about here before. Two nights a week out of the house. Every other night, even that includes weekends. So I don't, I know that if I go out three or four times in a week after in the evening time, I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be emotionally drained. I'm going to be like too much conflict can arise when you're out of the house that much for me, a person like me where I'm just like, I do take things personally. I'm an introvert. I need my fucking alone time and I'm, I can spend almost a scary amount of time alone. Um, that is something that has been huge for me. And I would look at that for you too and say like, am I going out too much? Am I not going out enough? Like what's the right amount of time? How many times a week can I like push myself to be, if you are, you know, if you're someone who doesn't err on the side of making plans, maybe push yourself to go out twice a week and experience something. Um, if you are someone who overextends and goes out five nights a week, cut back. Like there's out, find your happy medium for that. Cause that's, that's a huge suck on your energy. Something that's really helped for me in my self-care three, I've been able to like completely turn around the mental space that I've been in for the last few months. So I redecorated my apartment a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've been buying a ton of plants. Yeah. Because like that's a low level maintenance thing to take care of. You know what I mean? It's not as much as a pet, but it's like something. Yeah. And it. And get a succulent. Don't set yourself up for failure, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, get something easy like a succulent. I've got – but it's just nice to be surrounded by, like, greenery. It really changes up the space. And, like, having that routine of having to, like – I water them every Saturday and I make sure that they're okay. And, yeah, like, it's know, proven that plants. having life in your apartment is – it's changed up the entire vibe of my space. I mean, we saw what happened with Franklin. When sorry, you stopped Franklin. taking care of yourself, Frank, our, our plant died. Mm, it was sad. a very famous please advise plant. Yeah. Um, what are those plants called? I forget. But you have – I have one too. Um, it's no Franklin, but it's kind of doing well. Yeah. Um, you have a great – like, but you went and like did the whole damn thing. Like you got banana leaves. Like you have a big fucking tree in your house. Yeah. And like that's dope. Like I literally want to have a tree installed around the beam. I want to get a couple, couple more stuff yeah. like that big. Yeah. Like at least two or three more for mm-hmm. my balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I'm planning some more hanging plants for like my room and like a different plant for my room. I just want to have a lot more plants. You want to live in like a jungle? Kind of, yeah. Jungle book. It just like I went to someone's house that had like his room had a lot of plants in it, and I was like, this totally changes up the vibe of the space. He was also like house sitting some plants. What were you doing in a boy's room, Christina? (laughs) It was a party for a coworker. Okay, but it was a party. It was (laughs) key party. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I see how you are. Whatever, mom. I see. Blow bang, Christina Lopez running the blow bang. (laughs) And there was one more thing. Oh. I also, like, reorganized my room and bought little, like, stuff to put in the drawers to, like, keep everything organized. Yeah, mm, that's so things. smart. Yeah. And, like, that helped, like, doing that and, like, spending a day, like, cleaning up my room, doing that and organizing, like, okay, this is all the shit I have. Mm-hmm. I do have space for it. It's going to go in these little things. Like, that just helped organize, like, my mind, too. I don't know. It was just a great thing to do, just kind of, like, declutter and, like, get everything in line, like... But can we talk about the little things that we set ourselves up for? Oh, sorry. Journaling was my third thing. Oh, yeah. Like journaling and like reading back what I've written in my journals and like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Do you keep a a paper journal? Do you like write it? Do you keep a paper journal or do you? So, yeah, now I do. 
Because I, I type mine because I was just trying to get back in the habit of doing it. I tried type, type, ty- typing mine and it just didn't have the same like emotional heft for me. Yeah, mm. I totally get that. I just feel like I write so every entry I write is like 3,000 words and it's like. So do that. Do what's best for yeah, you. You know, know. if it's I digital, mean, like, that's great. I cry you, when I write. So yeah. I like know that I can still do that through a computer. My yeah. hand gets tired and then that's where I start to get depressed. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't think I can write that much. But. but um, journaling is so great it's like such a great like it's to me that's like a form of like self-therapy because you work through so much just in like terms of putting it out there and having to process it in your with words like if you can do that it's such a valuable thing keeping it in your mind like even though you think you're constantly thinking about it Mm -hmm. it's not actually solving it it's like being in a hall of mirrors where everything is just bouncing off each other yeah when it's in your mind so if you don't feel comfortable to get to a space yet where you're accepting therapy or you're accepting help from someone else but you need to get it Mm -hmm. out of your mind and like speak it out loud vocally or have it just out there journaling is a great way to do that it's almost a half step to therapy yeah and and honestly like the fact that you can do that is so important like i've had every therapist i've ever had every everyone is like you should be doing more free writing you should journal like if when i have really into i've had like um i have a lot of nightmares and so my therapist is like the first thing you should do when you wake up is write them down and I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm never going to do that. And like, to that point, I was going to say, make sure you don't set yourself up for something that's not you. Because I like have been trying to, in my mind, I have a capsule wardrobe. Okay. But like, (laughs) in reality, I know that I like bright things. I like to change it up. I like to get a new piece here and there. And like, that is something that just acknowledging that about myself I was able to clean out my closet with a lot more intention. I have three bags of shit to go drop off at Crossroads and hopefully make some money. Um, And yeah, like it's just, it's cleaner. Like I recognized, Jolie said this in the last episode, use your good shit too. That's another thing. A grown ass woman uses her good shit. You don't, if you know, you don't save your current Elliot white t-shirt for a rainy day and put on a Hanes. No, girl, you deserve a Carnelli at t-shirt today. Like, you deserve that nice v-neck, even if you're just hanging out at the house. Like, use your best moisturizer. Don't be don't be stingy with yourself. Because if not now, when? And especially end times. We're living in end <laughs> times, as Max has said. And, um, you know, use your good shit. Yeah. Okay, anything else, you guys? That was good. That's a good way to close. Lewis, thanks for being here. Where can people thanks find you? Thanks for having you? me. Uh, find so me on. Meet you. It was good I to know. meet you. This was so fun. Find me on Twitter at Lewis Peitzman or yeah, BuzzFeed.com, the website. You're a good follow. I enjoy your <laughs> you, tweets. You are. I retweeted you fairly recently without realizing. I was like, oh, this is the Lewis that's coming. You know, please advise this week. Christina was actually the one who caught your tweet saying, like, book me for your podcast. And yeah, I my shameless like, ploy to get people on people's podcasts. And I was like, it well, worked. So well, it's smart. And also, um, well, because like, first of all, you don't even know if more people did that. I would be happy as a fucking clam. It's hard to find people for a podcast. Like, I, I hate booking people. I mean, it's it's not I don't find it to be hard. I just it's like I forget to do it and then the worst thing with this one is that we are so scheduled and the schedule can't be fucked with right like it really can't we can maybe give it a half an hour here or there but like we work from noon to four every other saturday yeah and that doesn't change and when someone blows you off or you have like a celeb guest or whatever else sometimes i've like waited to the last minute just to book a random and they're like well wait who am I filling in for I'm like no one I just didn't book the show this week like I just didn't book it till yesterday so um yeah it's fucking brutal dude what's like a piece that you've written in the last 
like year that you're super proud of that people can go look up or whatever ever in your life? Um, God, there's like so much. Um, that sounds like really self indulgent. No, I just mean there's like I write a lot, so I'm like trying to figure out like what would be good. Um, you know, I wrote this story about Asian American representation in theater, which is like very niche. But if you care about representation in theater, I am proud of that story. That's, spent a lot of time that's on a that. Great suggestion. <laughs> I was trying to think. The South Pacific is one play that I could think of. Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon was the other one. Like uh, Code Switch did a really good piece on that play. Oh, Miss Saigon. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a lot about Miss Saigon in that story. It was before the revival happened, but um. Yeah, I mean, I write a lot about representation in theater. So I've written about, like, disability, and I'm working on a story about trans representation. And, like, I try to write about inclusion in, in theater because it's sort of at the forefront of a lot of things, but also super behind. So that's my area of interest. And also Housewives. Yeah. <laughs> care about those two things. Oh, the tweet that I retweeted you was, on some level, we all knew Miranda Hobbs would end up as the governor of New York. She will be the governor of New York. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah, there's 100%. a there's a little buzz that like Cynthia Nixon might run for the governor. Yeah, she's gonna run. Okay. Yeah, I do. That's a big fat okay. Like I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. <laughs> I care because it's my home state. But yeah, well, like you think that's a bad thing or a good thing? No, I actually think it's kind of interesting. I know she's been a big advocate for public schools in New York mm-hmm. City. Yeah. She sends her kids to New York City public schools. She's not like a celebrity who's just writing, but like trying to like get by on fame. Like she's so engaged where I'm like, if you like you can be an actor and like care about politics and run. It's not the same as like The Rock being like, sure, I'll be president because I'm The Rock. Right. So I don't know. It's different. That's all I'm saying. No, she and she also like she's not... She's not active, like acting really that much anymore. Like you, it's not exactly right. That's uh, except also... to, um, on one of the greatest SVU episodes ever. Oh my um, god, it's so good. Is it new? No, no it's no, a classic. The, it's oh, a classic oh, that one. She has multiple personalities. Oh my god, oh, it's so to, good. I need to rewatch that. I don't think I've seen it in years. I mean, I've seen every Law and Order, Law and Order SVU episode probably seven times, but, but like see that an eighth time because it's that good. Yeah, I need to watch it. I love that. The, that's one of the only shows that you kind of forget. What the episode was about. Because and, sort of and then as you're watching it, it yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. I want to watch the one that was uh, Robin Williams that's based on, um, also they did the movie. Um, I know you're talking about. You know, where he, it's about the McDonald's where they get the girls. Compliance? Like, strip. Compliance, yeah, yes. Yeah. I know the guy that played the Robin Williams yeah, in Pat Compliance. Healy. Yeah, it's so funny. And so like, I just remember also being like, shivers. So yeah. I was like, just so weird. Because I've, oh, like, whatever, it's so gross. Um, also my nightmare, like literally my nightmare. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Always call 323-450-7408. Christina, thanks for being the best and always being here. You guys, thanks for allowing us to take that space we needed and for giving us a little bit of a break um, and for kind of taking the alternative format episodes with in stride. It means a lot. Uh, make sure you check out my other podcast, Mother May I Sleep With podcast, the limited run Lifetime Original Movie podcast, and uh, Emotionally Broken Psychos, which has... Five spinoffs now. So, uh, and I don't host all of them. I don't host any of them. So go check those out and um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.